Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Places Where We Go, where today we're still in London and we're exploring Polish heritage sites in and around London. If you're a history buff or simply interested in exploring different cultures and their impact on London, this show is for you. Today, we're going to discuss some of the most significant Polish heritage sites in London, worth exploring next time you visit London, England. And for our recent trip, I knew some of the places that we're going to talk about were around, so we actually compiled part of our itinerary to hit some of these unique spots. And uh, we did that, and we're going to share some of those highlights with our audience today. Yes, and unique in terms of uh, most people would not think about going to some of these places that we eyed on and decided to go to. Mm -hmm. Um, And mostly it's because of your Polish heritage and your father's connection to England. And the RAF. Yeah, Yeah. the RAF. So, So it made it very interesting and wonderful for us and we hope that our descriptions will do the same for you yeah and i think all of the sites that we're going to talk about today are related to world war ii i believe Mm -hmm. but one other thing that's interesting you know when i think about poles in the united kingdom i just looked this up a couple of minutes ago there are today almost three quarters of a million people living in England and Wales who are Polish born. I would believe that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. so there is even today a very large Polish presence in the United Kingdom, but this history goes back at least to the Second World War, and that's what we're going to f- concentrate on today. Mm-hmm. Our first stop on this self-compiled itinerary of Polish heritage sites is called Katyn Memorial. We travel by tube to the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea to get close to the Gunnersbury Cemetery. We would end up walking for, boy, it was quite a walk. We were kind of surprised how long it was, I think. And we found the cemetery, but didn't quite know how to get into it. So we saw a place where it was right off that main street. There was a big intersection Mm -hmm. of of highway happening there. And we weren't quite sure how we could get over this fence or get through this fence to get into the cemetery that was right there in front of us. Yeah, there was like a back gate that was facing the main road. but There was was something that was unused, and we kind of traveled back there and looked, but there was... Trash cans and a lock gate, and it didn't that did not work. So we continued to move around the gated part of the cemetery, thinking, well, maybe perhaps there's another gate on another side. And sure enough, there was. We did find the entrance, it was the official entrance. So let me tell you a little bit about Gunnersbury Cemetery. It's in West London. 
And there is what is called the Katyn Memorial that was unveiled in 1976 and serves as a tribute to the thousands of Polish prisoners of war who were murdered by Soviet forces during World War II. The monument pays homage to one of the darkest events in Polish history, known as the Katyn Massacre. This is where over 22,000 Polish soldiers and civilians were executed by Soviet forces in what is now known as Russia's Katyn Forest. It stands as a symbol of remembrance for those who lost their lives in the Katyn Massacre and serves as a reminder of the sacrifices made by the Polish people during this turbulent time in history. And the longer that I am married to you and the more places that we go that um, speak of Polish history, it has become extremely clear to me that the sacrifices that the Polish people made during World War II and previous to that were immense. And I do honor, not just because I am married to an American Polish man, but I honor these people for the immense tenacity that they have and their dedication to family is just, it's just incredible. The inscription on the, the monument itself says, in memory of 22,000 Poles murdered in Soviet Russia, 1940. Yeah, so we, we made our way through the cemetery to find the memorial, and it's a large black obelisk structure. There's an additional inscription on the monument that reads, in remembrance of 14,500 Polish prisoners of war who disappeared in 1940 from camps at Kozielsk, Starobielsk, and Ostoskov, of whom 4,500 were later identified in a mass grave at Katyn near Smolensk. There's a note at the memorial that reads that there's a casket here containing soil from these graves of the murdered people by the Soviet secret police on Stalin's orders in 1940. And the soil here under came from that graveyard in 1990. And it was finally admitted in April of 1990 by the USSR after 50 years of denying the truth of what happened. So a bit of the history of this Ketin event In April 1943, it was German soldiers who uncovered eight large graves in the Soviet Union's Katyn Forest. These graves contained the bodies of thousands of Poles, army officers, and intellectual elites who were previously incarcerated at prisoner of war camps. And this was part of Stalin's plan to destroy Poland's military force. During the Cold War, Decades later, the Poles in the UK fought to erect this memorial, but even encountered resistance from British government officials. And the Soviet Union didn't want this event to be remembered at all, so they also placed pressure on the UK government against this memorial. But ultimately, Poles in the UK were granted permission to erect the memorial, although no government official was present at the unveiling ceremony. I remember when we were in Poland visiting your aunt 
and we went to go visit your Uncle Eddie's grave site. There was also a Katyn memorial at that yeah. cemetery. In Stretching. In Stretching, yeah. yeah. The Katyn memorial in London is the first of its kind in the world. Today, the memorial is a place for mourning and remembrance and serves as a symbol of hope and unity between the two nations. It is a significant part of Polish heritage in London and remains an important site for many Polish people living in England and visitors from all over the world. After visiting the memorial, we wandered around the cemetery and we took notice of a very heavy Polish presence among the grave markers, including Josef Hildebrandt, Colonel of the Polish Army, a grave to the 24th Polish Lancers, and so many others. Overall, it's a lovely, well-kept cemetery. The flowers were in bloom during our visit, very nicely landscaped. And after our visit, we hopped back on the tube to get back to central London, with a little help, I may add, from our friend who was tending a grave in the cemetery, very friendly gentleman, and we weren't sure how to get back to the tube and uh, he walked us, you know, to the bus stop where he usually goes and then directed and said, okay, you just want to go a little bit further down, you're going to find the tube there. So he was very helpful. Yeah, that was very friendly. and Very friendly, yeah, very nice man. Yeah. So we would then make our way back to central London and on our way to our next stop, also a Polish heritage site, and this would be the Sikorsky Museum. This is a hidden gem located in the heart of London and showcases many artifacts and documents related to Polish military and political history. It's tucked away in a series of white row houses right on the south side of Hyde Park. You'd never know this location exists, but it's at 20 Prince's Gate in Kensington where you're going to find the Polish Institute and the Sikorsky Museum inside. This museum was founded in 1947 by the Polish government in exile at that time to preserve and honor the memory of General Władysław Sikorski, a prominent figure in Polish history and the man who was leader of the Polish government in exile during World War II. The collection of this museum includes items such as uniforms, weapons, artwork, photographs, and personal belongings of many important figures in Polish history. The Sikorsky Museum is a valuable resource for those interested in learning about Polish history, particularly during World War II. It also serves as a reminder of the contributions made by Polish people to the Allied forces during the war. The museum hosts various events and exhibitions throughout the year, making it an engaging and informative place to visit. The Sikorsky Museum in London houses an extensive collection of diverse exhibits from silver, porcelain, paintings, and prints to maps, flags, including the revered Polish national flag flown above Monte Cassino. The museum's collection just seems to continue to grow. There is atlases, regimental colors, uniforms, including General Sikorsky's uniform retrieved from the sea after the Gibraltar plane crash. They have weapons. There's commemorative medals, stamps, and historical memorabilia. Additionally, visitors can explore headgear, 
orders, decorations, and medals, including those belonging to the Battle of Britain pilots. The museum is curated by the expertise of one curator and supported by around 20 dedicated volunteers. The website says that appointments are not required, but they request advance notice if you plan to visit, as it helps them to ensure that there are guides available. We did um, come to the museum. You did notify them that you were coming. They were a little surprised at the time that we arrived. Yeah, and I didn't realize it was going to be a kind of like a guided tour, which is, I guess, the way they conduct things there. Right. I thought it was going to be more of a typical museum where you just wander around on your own. So I think he gave you a time, and it was kind of a time from this time to that time, and we arrived well, later than the initial time. Yeah, so the afternoon that we arrived, the museum was only open from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., mm-hmm. and because this would end up being our first day in London and we were dealing with 34 hours of no sleep, we did that morning go to our hotel room and crash (laughs) by the time we woke Mm up and uh made our way to uh this museum i think it was like just after 3 p.m so we had less than an hour yeah and and there was one gentleman there that was getting a guided tour we kind of tagged on to that so they're very generous in letting us just tag on to that yeah so what we saw in 45 minutes was impressive yeah so with that, I think I would recommend for sure, if anybody's interested in visiting this museum, give yourself more of the time that's available because they are only open for limited amounts of time on particular days of the week. But so, it's, it's yeah. a fantastic collection. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Well worth the stop, especially if you are of Polish heritage yourself. Yeah, and, and I think also interested in military history and World mm-hmm. War II history because it's another chapter mm-hmm. that's preserved very well in London. And if you find yourself exploring some of these Polish sites, the ones we've spoken about, and we have a few more still on the way, you might find yourself in the mood for Polish food. Mm-hmm. And very, very close to the Sikorsky Museum are two Polish restaurants in London. There's the De Kies restaurant, which we've eaten at on our first trip to London. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one immensely. I did too. And on this last trip, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, is the Agnisko restaurant. And it's this one, I think, is just maybe a block and a half away from this yes. museum. It's and very I, close. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the food is great. The food yeah. is fantastic, but it was a strange setup. Yeah. Strange setup in that this restaurant sits in a building that's also part of, uh, I think, a private Polish club. Right. So it's it's not your typical restaurant, although there is culinary dining available is just a little different setup but if you're interested in polish food you've got at least those two options very close to the sikorsky museum in london our next stop on this itinerary is the saint clement danes church this church has a rich history dating back to the ninth century when it was adopted by danish residents who were converted to christianity Previously expelled by Alfred the Great, the Danes, known for their seafaring ways, named the church after St. Clement, the patron saint of mariners. Over the years, the church underwent various reconstructions, including a rebuild by who other than William the Conqueror, and it was renovated also by Christopher Wren in 1682. However, 
Its resilience was tested during the London Blitz of World War II, when it was gutted by fire in 1941. Despite the destruction of its interior, the outer walls, the tower, and steeple stood tall, symbolizing the indomitable spirit of this historical landmark. What took us to this church? Before our London visit, a friend mentioned we might be interested in visiting here as this is the official church of the Royal Air Force and that there is a memorial to the Polish airmen and squadrons who fought to defend the United Kingdom for the liberation of Europe during World War II. So we stopped inside to find the memorial. We went through the doors and went looking for, we were told there was a memorial to the Poles in here. We looked up, we looked sideways, we looked everywhere. We, we looked, looked on this side altar, and that side. Looking in the vestibule, we were looking everywhere. In the front and the back. And I didn't see a memorial. No. I guess we were looking around though. We did see in this church, there was a number of religious artifacts on display. There was military, Lots of artifacts military artifacts on display. Yeah. So you know, we did see things as we were looking for the Polish memorial, but. You found a floral display of the Polish forces in their memory, mm-hmm. but this isn't what we were looking for. No, I couldn't find, it was like, where's Waldo? I couldn't find Waldo. Yes, we were, the books that were inside these glass cases that were, were inset in the walls had lots of names to UK and US military service members who had died in, this, in a battle, some battle, but nothing indicated any Polish soldiers. Nope. So we were getting more confused I was about As to give we up. Wandered and wandered. Yep. So we were just about to to leave, actually, because I'm like, okay, nothing's here. And there was an office door that was open, and inside there was a gentleman. So we poked our head in and we asked him if he could kindly show us where the Polish memorial was. And then he kind of looked at us like what you missed it? I mean, how how, how can you miss this? Yes. You know, it's he chuckled a bit. I think. Yes, right? I think he had a little laugh, and at he us. said, "Follow me." Yes, so we followed him, and we followed him as he walked to one side of the church, uh, down an aisle, and he he got I don't know about midway, and he pointed to the floor. Yes, said, there it is. I must have not looked down because <laughs> yes. there it was, and it was huge. It was the biggest one there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So this was, like I said, it was on the left side of the church, and it was a memorial to Fighter Squadron 303, which was a Polish squadron. Yeah, and I think it also mentioned some of the other regiments that were part of the Royal Air Force mm-hmm. that were of the Polish yeah, it was quite large. Yeah. It was very yeah. big. So we successfully finally found the memorial, took some photos... And then would be on our way to find more Polish history in London. And our next stop took us to the Rubens Hotel. This is a luxury hotel in the Victoria section of central London. While it may seem like just another upscale accommodation option for visitors to London, the Rubens Hotel holds a special place in Polish history. During World War II, the hotel was the headquarters for the Polish government in exile and was known as the Polish Embassy in Exile. It was here that the government in exile, led by General Władysław Sikorski, worked to maintain and represent the interests of Poland 
while they were forced to operate from abroad. During this time, the hotel also served as a hub for important meetings and discussions between Polish officials and their allies. Just outside the hotel, there's a plaque today that reads, General Sikorsky, Prime Minister, Commander-in-Chief of the Polish Forces in the Second World War, had his headquarters in this building from 1940 until his tragic death at Gibraltar in 1943. So we... uh, Went through the doors and went inside to see if we could learn anything else. And inside, it's a little bit swanky. It's a very upscale, beautiful. yeah, very upscale beautiful hotel. hotel. We found a representative at the lobby, and we spoke to him. We wanted to see if the folks working there knew anything about the Polish history. And the gentleman we we spoke with chatted with us a bit, and he, he seemed like he had an awareness that there was some history there, right. but his like the depth of knowledge I don't think was quite there. Right, but did confirm that mm-hmm. this indeed was where this part of history happened. So we at least visited the site, and according to an award presented by Forbes. This is one of the finest five-star properties in the world. So you can stop here, see where it was that the Polish government operated for a period of time during the uh, mid-1900s. And if you have time, it's probably a great place to stop for a fancy afternoon tea or drinks at one of the bars inside. Yes, dress appropriately. Yes. We learned that already. Now we're going to talk about something that was mentioned in our last episode, but it does have a very distinct Polish connection. It's a very specific room that is at the Battle of Britain bunker. And this room is devoted to the Polish contribution of World War II. And outside is the Polish Air Force Heritage Trail. Inside, a new permanent exhibit was added to the museum's collection to commemorate the 80th anniversary of the Battle of Britain. This display highlights the critical role of the Polish Air Force in concert with the RAF during the Second World War. The Polish Air Force exhibit at the Battle of Britain bunker sheds light on the brave and challenging journeys that Polish Air Force personnel undertook during this horrific war. It showcases pre-war Poland's military preparations, the Polish government's organization in France and Britain, and the different roles within the Polish Air Force. Visitors can explore a wide range of objects, documents, and historical film that provide insights to combat missions and the stories of pilots, some observers, ground crew, and the Polish Women's Auxiliary Air Force. This captivating exhibition also reveals the significant contribution of Polish fighter squadrons in the air campaigns themselves. Their stationing at RAF Northolt and the memorial erected in South Ruslip to honor those who served in the Polish Air Force. With personal stories and previously unseen items on display, this exhibit offers a fascinating glimpse into the history of the Polish Air Force during the Second World War. Yeah, I thought the Battle of Britain Bunker Museum did a really nice job of showcasing that part of World War II history. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was much more than I expected between this room you described as well as the uh, the Polish Heritage Trail outside as well. So very, very nice memory there. Yes. Yeah. There's one last place that we're going to mention that also has a bit of Polish history. It's 
I think roughly an hour north of London. We visited this on a previous trip to the UK. And this is the Trenchard Museum in Wendover, England, at the base of RAF Halton. The Trenchard Museum offers a fascinating glimpse into the history of the Royal Air Force and its connection to Poland during World War II. The museum is named after Hugh Trenchard, considered the father of the RAF, and houses exhibitions dedicated to young Polish members who served in the RAF during the war. And at Halton, I think there was roughly just over about 100 very young Polish boys who came in as part of their apprentice program, and they were trained in maintenance and the technical aspects of keeping the airplanes flying and, mm-hmm. and the pilots up, up in the air. The museum's exhibits showcase the critical role played by Polish pilots in the Battle of Britain and other significant air battles during World War II. It highlights these brave individuals' personal stories and experiences, including their training, what daily life was like in the RAF, and the contributions to Allied victory. One of the most moving displays of the Trenchard Museum is what they call the Polish Area, which honors Polish airmen who lost their lives during the war. It features photos, artifacts, and personal items belonging to the fallen heroes, allowing visitors to pay their respects and remember their sacrifice. It it also pays memory to not only those who died in battle, but those who survived and among the Poles who were at RAF Halton, there must have been close to a dozen that I would end up growing up with in Southern California, mm-hmm. which always struck me interesting that this group of Polish people would kind of almost randomly years later find their way to Southern California. My dad and his brother were among those of the young Poles stationed at RAF Halton. At 14 years old. Yeah lied about their age to get mm-hmm. into the military, mm-hmm. but they did. And, uh, it was survival. Yeah. When we were there, they brought out a book that had the names of the Polish folks who were enlisted there. And I just remember thumbing through that book, and there were several names that I saw of, basically they were my dad's mates at this place that ended up, later in life, living in Southern California. It's these like are I, the men you grew up with. Yeah, I knew yeah. this guy and that guy and yeah. that guy. And mm-hmm. in fact, it was one of these gentlemen's sons who recommended that we go to the Sikorsky Museum, yeah. that we go to St. Yeah. Clementine's Church. So uh, that memory lives on through, uh, through their kids. Mm-hmm. So the Trenchard Museum is another important place of remembrance for the Polish community in London. And a reminder of the strong bond between Poland and the RAF during World War II. So if you're interested in this chapter of history, be it the Polish aspect or just World War II in general, I think the Trenchard Museum is a really neat hidden gem on the outskirts of London. So that's our visit through Polish heritage sites in London. There's even more that we haven't gone through. I know that there's at least a couple of ladies who conduct tours of some of these sites as Mm -hmm. well. So for people who have a little bit more time than we did, you can actually see some of these places through a guided tour that will explain this history in proper detail. So that's something else that people could look into if they're so interested. Before we close out, the day that we're recording this, so once a week, the um, podcast charts come out. And I always take a peek at those to see if something's going on with the places where we go. And today was one of those days that was interesting. In Greece, Julie, 
This last week, the Places Where We Go podcast was in the top 10 travel podcasts in Greece. So I don't know who's listening in Greece, but thank you. Thank you. Residents of Greece. (laughs) Thank you so much. We so appreciate it. that That was neat to see. And before we close, if you want to stay up to date on travel tips and news, visit the link in the show notes where you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. It's 100% free and we bring you weekly information to inspire your wanderlust, plus travel tips to save you time, money, and stress. And our example this week of one of the stories that may give you some information to help save you some money is a travel hack about holiday travel. Yes, coming quickly upon us. The tip is traveling on holidays can be a smart move for those seeking both convenience and savings. With fewer crowds and lower ticket prices, flying on Thanksgiving Day can be a wallet-friendly choice. As flights are 11% cheaper than other days of the same week. Furthermore, airports tend to be less crowded on holidays like Christmas Day and New Year's Eve, making the overall travel experience more relaxed. So if you want to avoid the hustle and bustle while enjoying potential savings, consider booking your flights on holidays for a stress-free journey. And as you mentioned, the holidays are upon us and we do wish everybody a stress-free Thanksgiving through Christmas, through New Year's. New Year's. Yes. Yes, wishing you all the best from us to you. Yeah. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more travel adventures. If you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source of podcasts and catch our future episodes. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. And until next time, happy travels. And we hope to see you at the places where we go. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.